What's up, everybody? I'm Zach, and this is an announcement. Remember last year and the year before when we matched new and upgrading Patreon subscriptions and donated the doubled Patreon difference to a crisis cold weather shelter to help keep folks in our community warm during these brutal winter months? Well, we're doing it again. So from now until the end of November, we are asking you to help us grow the Patreon. So if you subscribe at the $5 tier, we'll match it and donate $10. And you'll get access to 49 bonus episodes with a 50th one coming this month. So two years ago, y'all raised $400 and we matched it. And together we donated $800. And last year, Y'all doubled that, raised $800, and together we donated $1,600. So let's see if we can beat that this year. And because we know how wild this community can get when it comes to helping others, we are throwing a match cap on there of $2,000 to be safe. So don't think I don't remember when this group here raised like over five grand for the bail fund back in 2020. Absolutely incredible. So I know. We can hit that $2,000 match cap. If everyone who's listening right now pledged just a dollar, we'd blow it out of the water. So there is strength in these numbers. And we consider ourselves super lucky to be able to use the Patreon money to help keep folks warm. And the money will be donated to the largest crisis cold weather shelter here in Springfield that accepts all couples, all genders, and also allows pets. And all those things are super important to us. People can't just feel warm. They need to feel safe. And plus, the Patreon content has been killer recently. Thomas ran that Oops All Pettymore story, and then we did a real silly Mad Lib-style RPG for a couple sessions. And most recently, Luke ran a three-part homebrew game that turned out to be tied into a world we've spent a fair amount of time in. And uh, the edited audio episode of that finale will be out later this month. And as always, VOD of the live streams are available for all these sessions at the $15 a month tier, where you can also join us live in the Den of Sin for a season two Q&A this month, later Tuesday, November 28th at 7.37 p.m. Central Time. We will put a post on Patreon to collect questions, and we're fucking stoked to break down and discuss different aspects of this new season. And if all that isn't enough, we're also doing a raffle. So you'll get a raffle entry for every $5 you pledge or upgrade, and there will be three winners. Two will get any PTBP shirt they want from the store or the exclusive Patreon collection. And the third winner will, if you want to, join me and Luke and Joe and Thomas over Zoom for a one-shot. So many reasons to join the Patreon or upgrade your subscription this month. Wow! Anywho, we're having a fucking blast here with Season 2. It's only going to get more and more unhinged, and it means... So much to me that y'all still listen and discuss and share with your friends. It blows my mind. I mean, we've been doing this for almost five years, millions of downloads later. We never expected this. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Uh, join us. Join us on the Discord. It's a fucking rad community over there. So I have to shout out the best mods in the game. Marie, Shinny Chicky, No Wait, Hang On, Crush, Totoro's Bang Bus. <laughs> stellar shit and while i'm here shout out to fucking cinder crow who has been transcribing every episode of ptbp they're like absurdly well done with highlighted pc voices and stage directions and hyperlinks to references that thomas makes that i don't always get in the moment and they do each new episode by hand which is absolutely wild supremely impressive so shout out 
to them. Shout out oh, to Sneaky Whisper from Discord, who's helping them with audio to text generated scripts as they continue to fill out like the back catalog of episodes as well. Whew. Um, shit. Yeah. Y'all, this project kicks ass and y'all make it so fun to keep making it. Now, on to Wolf. Greasy greetings and sloppy salutations to all of my crusty kiddos out there. I hope y'all having a wonderful after-mornvening. How is Wolf the dog, you ask? The most moist DJ? Well, I'm always doing good when I'm spreading the good word of 694.2 PTBP. The radio station is always a little more damp than you'd like. Speaking of dampness and liking stuff, this Howlin' with Wolf is from Jacob Dylan Harold in Southern California, who tagged at Pretending Pod on Instagram, a thing you can do if you want to do this thing too. Jacob Dylan Harold writes, Hi, Wolf. Slowly but surely, I am catching up to you faster than your primordial senses could ever know. But before I get you, I would like to give a shout out to my best friends who play several systems with me, like Jason, Danny, Richard, Nico, and James. We've had many adventures over the years and have created many inside jokes that I'll treasure until the day I molt my skin and start this whole life thing over. A quick word of appreciation for the people behind the scenes. I love you all. (laughs) Well, hello there, JDH. I appreciate the heads up about you coming after me, but you won't be the first one who thought they could challenge old Wolfie. I am the devourer of souls. The eater of dimensions. The chicken nugget enjoyer. I will consume you, JDH, and you shall become a part of something greater than yourself. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, thanks for writing in, bud. If you want to write up something for your damp doggy wolf to howl, you know what to do. Tag at Pretending Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Tag Pretending to Be People on Facebook. Or write us up a five-star review on the podcast app of your choice. And get it in front of my all-seeing eyes, somehow. And if you want to help the boys at PTBP help the local community stay warm this winter, they're matching new and upgrading Patreon pledges from today until the end of the month. That's right. If you want access access to all 49 bonus episodes just pledge five dollars during the month of november and the gang will match it and donate 10 bucks to a cold weather shelter in their town of springfield missouri if you want access to the behind the scenes video footage of the recording sessions for them bonus episodes sign up for the 15 dollar tier on patreon and the 694.2 dudes will donate 30 bucks to help keep the folks warm in their community. That's that good math, baby. And you know what? I heard it's a fucking raffle. Did you see this? D- did you hear about this? All new and upgrading pledges will be entered into this raffle and we'll pick three winners. Two winners will receive a PTBP t-shirt with the design of their choice from the merch store or the Patreon exclusive designs. And one winner 
winner will be invited to join the PTBP boys online for a fun and horrifying one-shot of Delta Green handled by Zach. Alternatively, those who would prefer to run the one-shot are more than welcome to lead them to insanity or death or both. So join us on Patreon and help make a difference this winter. It's cold out there, baby. But the links? The links are nice and warm, cozy, and safely nuzzled in the show notes. Now shut the fuck up. It's time for the news. Last time, Burl Summers, Mo Gibson, Phoebe Richards, and Stump were in the principal's office of Grover Cleveland High School when, after a crit failure on asking Tim the computer about the painting of the tower on the wall, a thick fog began to fill the room and it only thickened, becoming almost opaque until the bog job squad heard the distant crashing of waves and the light scent of salt water overwhelm the olfactory senses. After walking down and down, around and around, they found a door to Grover's Gorge. They kept going, however, to the bottom, to the beach that surrounds this unnaturally enormous tower. This tower that stretches into the sky and penetrates whatever's on that side too. After hours inside this Russian nesting doll of unnaturally alien land, Phoebe cracked. She couldn't keep hold of her grip and she walked slowly out into the water until her head went under. Mo Gibson couldn't handle that and he joined her in the freedom of the ocean. Burl immediately ran back up the tower's cascading pathway, back toward the door that led to the upside down church. You know, the one with the piles of dead hybrid bodies and some sort of underground subway system with a blood moat beneath the tracks, and stump feet feels 100% confident he can survive the Serengeti. But back in Grover Cleveland High School, Julius Summers is all alone in the old-timey gymnasium, taking us now to his search for the portal behind the bloody throne for the first and final time. It's Time Walk with War. to breathe out my nose are we recording now i have a nosebleed and i have a big wad of toilet paper stuffed <laughs> up my nose that's right i'm here with julius i mean <laughs> fucking luke god damn 
I'm in it. We've been talking. There's, there's, I can feel the blood running down the back of my throat. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. That's a good vibe for going into what you're going into. Yeah. And Julius tastes the blood in the back of his throat as these doors in front of him, these double doors in this old timey gymnasium of Grover Cleveland High School are just like, poof, 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 like banging and busting in front of you. You just witnessed a mess, just a a throng of creatures pouring out of the calf and heading toward you. You pushed Tessie toward them. Off to your left, you watched one by one your squad, your bog job squad, your crew, the crew that you called together for this job, all run, fleeing, tails between their legs. Not literally, although some of the ones on the right side. (laughs) (laughs) There's an enormous plant with a tail between its legs. You see your father, Burl Summers, look at you, dip off, and that image is ingrained in your brain. How is Julius feeling? What are you dealing with right now? I would say 70% of his thought is on uh, getting away from this like massive creatures coming toward him. And 30% is the quick thought is had it just been his crew and not his dad Mm -hmm. he would think that they are running away scared but since his dad is with them he's like they must know something that I don't damn and uh, he's he wishes that they would have you know brought him up to speed but he'll catch up with them later and that's the last thought that goes through your mind as you realize you have very little time in this gymnasium before these doors are likely to break open he's like locked the doors and shoved something yeah you shoved something in there last last time we recorded i hope it wasn't my gun But if it, let's say it was my gun and I had, I pull out the second gun from the bag that I'm carrying. Mark Marin style. <laughs> I don't understand the reference. Lock the gates. What? Lock Explain. the gates. Uh, the only one I've ever listened to is, uh, well, Obama and <laughs> Tim Heidecker. <laughs> Basically the same interview. are my uh, parents. <laughs> New question. Who are my parents? Who are your parents? Who are they? So you lock it. You've got your second gun. He, uh, Julius kind of stares at the doors, like going in and out and kind of bulging towards him. And he knows that this is not going to hold for very long. So he flips around. And uh, is there any th- anybody, anything in this gym? I mean, there's a mess of blood on the floor. You're like, you're, you're it's sticky now. You're not going to slip slide on it. It's more tacky uh, on this uh, gymnasium floor. And obviously in, in one side of the room, you have this enormous half of a tugboat like coming in through a, uh, an unnaturally circular portal <laughs> in the wall, essentially, that you can kind of see the shimmer of. And then on the other side of this gymnasium, you see a throne that is covered in blood and it's right beneath uh, one of the uh, basketball goals on that side. Well, Julius came here for one reason and it's to get into or find the gate that apparently is supposedly in here behind the throne. So he's going to run behind the throne and uh, start feeling around on the wall and like kind of looking on the ground and trying to see if there's anything he can feel or anything he can see that would indicate that there's some kind of gate or portal here. All right, roll search. We'll see. uh... With my new dice that are really pretty, they're They're gorgeous. flowers inside of them. They're stunning. 
that's a 57 on a 70. Oh, that's a success. I think I need to change my uh, towel. All right. We got a new nose stopper coming in for Luke. Oh, that is oh. no, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, as Luke pulled out oh, that's a lot of the blood. tissue... It, it the tissue was so soaked with blood that it came apart. <laughs> ew, 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 ew. He had to grab we'll post new that tissue. on the socials. He had to grab new tissue. Oh my god! Yuck! Ooh, it's so, so warm. <laughs> oh my god! That was the most blood I've ever seen from a nosebleed. I mean, you you put it in there quick. Oh God, Jesus. Okay, you've been you've been dealing with nosebleeds your entire life. Pretty so much, is yeah. This the this is the best way to deal with them. I I can I guess. Uh, yeah, you grab paper towel or toilet paper. You wad a bunch up and you stick it as far back in your nose as possible. Oh my god, that can't be right. Is it? Oh, know, it it's usually works. So in there. Oh, I am getting like. <laughs> um, yeah, usually the first one I pull out is soaked in wet blood. The second <sighs> one. It stops to bleed as much, and uh, I'll pull it out in probably five minutes and then put one last one in there that will probably not soak up too much blood, but just kind of, you know, plug the hole. It'll do the job. Anyway, 57 on a 70. That is a success. And Julius, as you're feeling around the back of this throne, all of this old blood caked on to this uh, this throne that has been created out of like what you would find in an old high school. So broken down desks, broken down chairs have all a been hot tub. like <laughs> just like normal old high school stuff. A room just for smoking. Gold bars. <laughs> <laughs> and corporal punishment all make up this throne. This seat is the big spanker. <laughs> that has the fight song engraved on it. Oh, my God. And, yeah, as you're, as you're feeling around on the back, you actually find a little piece of the wood that is a part of the throne on the backside can flip out and flip down. And then seemingly the next step is to put pressure on it. And as you do, casters kind of lift up the entirety of the throne onto tiny little wheels that then as you put the weight on it, it kind of slides off to the side and you see an old wooden door on this wood paneled gymnasium floor. It's like, wood panel like thin one inch wood panel wood panel wood panel like a normal basketball court and then in the floor is this old wooden door with like metal bracers on it julius as soon as he like presses down a little bit and starts to move he just full force with his foot goes down and it slides open and he sees the door and he rips it open and looks inside uh, yeah, as you rip it open and look inside, gravity once again changes about 45 degrees uh, from from where you are now here in the gymnasium to where you would be walking out into. And as soon as the door opens, Julius, you smell this overwhelming and familiar scent. Is it kind of like God? It smells salty. It smells like the breeze out in the middle 
of the ocean and what you see matches that kind of a, a, a walkway in front of you and then a ledge and then looking out beyond the ledge is just this fog this intense thick cloudy fog he's gonna yeah enter and close the door behind him and uh, walk out into this area. And as you close the door behind you, you feel a mechanism like on the back of the door drag the throne back across to where it was and back into place as the door closes behind you, as gravity changes and you step out onto this ledge. Whether or not he should feel this way, knowing that those things are gonna get him, he feels super safe now that he can't go back in there. (laughs) I need you to roll grip for feeling so safe. No, obviously this grip is- uh, Uh, I have six, so I fail with the 28. Mm, That's gonna do it, all right. Uh, Yeah, um, looking around, you see that you are on this stone pathway that, oh, you turn around and you see this door behind you is a part of a wall and it goes for a, a ways on the left and the right to the right of you. Path goes up as you're facing this, oh, as you look up, this enormous tower with rungs of more pathways above you seemingly. You see climbing off this tower and fog just emanating and circling, surrounding you. You're going to roll a d6 and add one. (laughs) One, so I lose two. Oh my God, Julius loses two grip. Your stomach absolutely sinks. You taste blood in the back of your throat. Salty, salty iron. He kind of swallows and he is like looking at the door that just shut behind him and he walks out into this wherever he is now and he kind of sniffs towards the top and looks and sniffs towards the bottom interesting (laughs) and he wants whichever one gives him a better a stronger smell of god (laughs) he's gonna go find god awesome you have a weird amount of unnatural skill at this point i would say as julius but we have not awarded you no. with that. I have a base of 10 from being in the firm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think through what you've been through, we're going to go ahead and add 2d20. What does that mean? You're going to roll a d20 twice. Oh, d20. Gotcha. <laughs> That's an 8. And a 12. That's plus 20. Oh, my God. Like an exact average. <laughs> Julius, you have 30 30 unnatural. I think that makes sense for this character and and what you've seen, what you've been through, the kind of stuff. all the stuff that's happened in the past few days. Yeah. Okay, I would like you to roll a D100 on a couple rolls all at once. I'm going to have you roll on unnatural, and then whichever one is higher between navigate and survival. Okay, so two rolls or one roll? I guess let's just call it one roll. Okay, so I have 30 in survival and 30 in unnatural. Okay, perfect. That's 26. (laughs) God damn, Luke. These new beautiful, gorgeous dice. These beautiful dice are doing it for me. God, they are. They are real pretty. They're something else. Okay, 
with a success on both of these rolls, you get a scent coming from downwind and downwind is is heading uh if you're facing this tower that you just like essentially walked out of right it's to the left the path goes down meandering down and then in a circle around and as you smell that way and he gets a little brief flicker in his mind of the thing that shot out of the turtle Mm, yes yes yeah out of the turtle out of Phil, Paul. <laughs> yeah, and you do get, yeah, you do get, Chuck, uh, a slight yeah, tinge. I was right. It starts a with a P. slight tinge. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, P-H. <laughs> P, this P is silent. And Chuck. Chuck. You do get a smidge of a scent heading from that way, but mostly the notes that you're picking up here are that of grass and animal shit, as well as some blood actually a fair amount of blood significant amount of blood as well as just that oceany kind of scent but with that ocean smell it's it's coming from all around you and earlier when you like look down from where you are i mean endless endlessness below you but then you hear waves crashing at the bottom and coming from the other way up the ramp you smell earthiness like underground like a cave almost and then even more almost stronger than that you get the scent of god you can absolutely put it in that direction but then almost beyond that you get this tinge this little bit this slight almost taste in the back of your mouth replacing the taste of blood and it's like ozone this horrible chemical not just this unnatural scent that your brain just tells you it's wrong over the years of of being with his dad and seeing just some of the craziest shit he knows that grass and blood and feces are the sense of life and as much as he might want to go towards what reminds him of living he smells god from the other way and he he doesn't care about living anymore unless he can be living after he's found God. And he doesn't quite know what he wants to do when he finds him, but it's the only thing he can think of right now. So he turns up this spiraling tower and he full sprints <laughs> using his nose as he goes. <laughs> kind of like a... if. Toucan Sam had huge thighs. <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> he's almost floating with like the scent is going into his nose and he's floating up. He's running on the scent. <laughs> Scooby-Doo style. Yeah. Roll athletics. That's a two. <laughs> I'm liking these dice. These <laughs> dice are loaded. <laughs> Let's go. With flowers. They are. With a success on the athletics check, Julius dips and you run and you run until your as fast ears as I can start they can't catch me <laughs> I'm I'm the city action news I'm this man. can man <laughs> <laughs> every workout he's ever done has led to this moment uphill 
at a slight incline, mm-hmm. it's no problem at all. <laughs> it is. It's absolutely no problem until your ears start to pop from the altitude and your jaw, you're like kind of moving around, swallowing. If you're listening to this and you're not popping your ears right now, now you are. <laughs> And while you're at it, unclench your jaw. You yeah, chill you're out. Too tense, man. <laughs> we should. Can you put a jump scare in? Right <laughs> <laughs> you're too tense, man. And Julius just trucks. I was gonna have you roll another grip check before you made it to uh, anything different from your current surroundings other than your ears popping but but you, know. you are so in the flow state of this run just with your mind purely focused like the scent of god is like smelling salts to me <laughs> it's fueling me oh fucking cool <laughs> he's he feels good because he's going after the one thing he wants and he's getting a little pump in and eventually on your left you see it out of the corner of your eye and then you can't stop staring at it and your nose is leading you in this exact direction there's another door exactly the same an old wooden door with this black metal bracing on it in the side of this enormous stone tower Julius drops down to where there's just a tiny gap between the stone and the bottom of the door, and he sticks his nose underneath and (laughs) gives a big sniff just to confirm. Yeah, I think with the successful roll earlier, of all the places that God could be, it's behind this door. Without getting up, Julius raises his hand up above his head and pushes the door open as hard as he can and rolls into the room. (laughs) Like, in one roll, he grabs the gun off his back and aims at whatever he might see as soon as he's kneeling down. (laughs) All right, uh, Julius, you roll into this empty concrete room, and you're aiming your gun at the opposing wall, which has a door on the right and a large window on the left. They both look heavily fortified, and through the window... You see what you could only assume is an enormous underground black site, the size of like multiple airplane hangars. The walls and ceiling are made of rock. That earthy cave smell starts to make sense. And you see countless humans in suits, lab coats, jumpsuits at various stations on computers that look like they're from the future. And they're controlling these robotic, robotic, (laughs) robotic manufacturing arms that cause sparks to fly as they work on vehicles and weapons you don't recognize. And, And plenty of other people are talking and walking with purpose across this gargantuan underground lab. And one of these suit wearers walking with purpose is walking directly toward this reinforced window, directly toward you, Julius. And as she comes into focus in the near distance, you recognize your current roommate and perhaps former handler, Agent Diggory. I thought I was going to be in the church. (laughs) No, you're super not. Oh, Joe. Please refer to me as Stump. Oh, I am so sorry. We're at the table, Zach. (laughs) 
This is real. Use my real name. Use the name I've become accustomed to. Hey, Stump. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Professional. Stump is dealing with people leaving, abandoning. The last thing that I heard from you is that Stump believes like, oh, I got this. I can survive the Serengeti. It's a lot better than a crazy gray tower in the middle of nowhere that he hadn't been standing at previously let alone uh, animal children and a murder cult sure. land. Sure, yeah. Serengeti is nothing. It's fine, it's fine. It was a, it was just a five-foot-tall grass that you could see endlessly ahead of you. Uh, I forgot to mention Stump is seven feet tall, so he's looking <laughs> over the top of it. Easy peasy. <laughs> Easy peasy. Shoulders this is like, above. This is like regular grass for small people. <laughs> What? Uh, <laughs> Incredible. A regular sized person uh-huh. in regular grass uh-huh. <laughs> is what tall stump is in this grass. <laughs> stump is 70 feet tall uh-huh. and he crouches to get into the doorway. The- <laughs> like the dude from It Follows. Oh, <laughs> like the top. Oh, no. <laughs> So it's actually crazy because as you as you go into the this tall grass ahead of you, you feel the the sunrise shining down. You smell the you don't smell anything. And as you walk in, you you realize you can't really breathe. Or you're not breathing. Can you hold your breath for me real quick? <laughs> It's not that you can't or won't breathe. It's just that Stump feels no air going in and out of his lungs or nose or mouth. And then you sort of realize that you don't need to breathe. Hmm. Roll grip. a fail it's gonna be a d4 bought a new pencil zach and it's so fancy it doesn't have an eraser (laughs) oh so fancy it expects no mistakes uh what'd you say that was a loss of (laughs) let's do a d4 plus one that's a four so it's a five (laughs) things are off to a good start things are off to a banger of a start as you lose five grip and I need you to rank fight flight or freeze as you uh, have made your way into this tall grass on the other side of this door abandoned by those around you and you can't or won't or shouldn't or isn't breathe it's uh, (laughs) it's going to be running is his most likely he'll want to run back out that door get away from this no breath zone yeah and then it'll be freezing because you said for a second there, it was kind of like, oh, I just don't need to breathe. So maybe for a second, he just wants to, okay, I just need to acclimate. So yep. that's number two. Okay. And if I roll fight, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's right. <laughs> it's a two. Okay. So that's freeze. And as Stump freezes in these tall grasses, he's freaking out. I mean, it's so like that he's never not breathed. Uh-huh. Yeah, you've your breath has always been going in and out the the whole time it's you've been alive. Kind of a, been a constant for him, <laughs> and you realize that it's fine. 
I'm not passing out. Nope. I can still move my body. Yep. Like 10 minutes has passed now. Most people would be dead. Yep. I mean, Stump can hold his breath for a while. He's a bog walker. He's down in those bogs sometimes. He'll sit under a lily pad waiting for a frog to come by for hours. <laughs> but he still has to pop up every now and then to get a get a little gulp of air. But this time, yeah. This is, this is new. Yeah, and it's weird. It doesn't feel right. But it is fine. Yeah, he lets that wash over him. And he honestly is kind of, by the end of his freak out, kind of like, this could be, how much time am I going to save in my life not having to breathe? (laughs) (laughs) And your instincts still kind of uh, initial instincts led you back to the door. But now you're starting to realize that you don't exactly know where it was yeah Uh, and in the tall grass if you were gonna look for it you would need to like look for it at this point you would need to like roll search to find that door again uh yeah i'm going to just he wants to get his bearings yeah i don't know if i'm gonna go through it yet okay that's a fail okay uh and so as you're kind of feeling your way through these these tall grasses you you are trying to make your way back to some sort of like a frame of a door or you know the door that you you walk through you're not exactly sure what you're looking for but what you find isn't that what you find is kind of a a well-trod pathway in this tall grass like a pathway of like of of like laid down grass yeah yeah and trampled uh feet uh have have made their way through this area yeah seemingly one one person like at a time i guess oh like gotcha. it's not a like the breadth with. of it isn't yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it is leading off in a direction kind of away from where you are now because you're really not sure of any other way to determine direction at this point does it have a start point or an end point or it's just it's endless going in both directions i mean as far as the eye can see in both directions or is it from where I'm standing on? Actually, it's weird. It's almost like you've gotten here as you're now standing at like the heel of a chicken foot going out where uh, the path leads one way ahead of you, but a bunch of smaller, less well-trod paths have made their way to uh. this point. And then as you look down the way, like other points have kind of made their way to this path. Others have come from different points in yeah. this enormous plane and landed on the same path that you're on now. Robert Frost is nothing to him. He wants to go down the one that everybody has trod down. <laughs> it's Robert Frost, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, the, the, the path most taken. I wanted to go down the path that everybody is like, let's go down this path. The well-traveled path <laughs> by Stump. <laughs> Stump, you continue to see all of these different uh, less well uh, maintained or created paths uh, joining with where you are currently walking. And then as you continue, you eventually see on the horizon a structure, a building, a home of some sort. You can only really see the top of it, the roof. And on that roof, you see like a solar panel, like one massive solar panel or window or glass. Um, maybe it's a massive sunlight. It's, a, it's something reflecting a glint of this rising sun off of it in the distance. And it's, it's like house size. Yeah, yeah. But as you get closer, you start to be able to make out a little bit more of it. And then suddenly you're out of this tall grass 
and this house is kind of surrounded by maybe 10 yards on either side of concrete. Like a, what's the thing a house sits on? Oh, like a foundation uh, or a pad. Um. Yeah, like a pad. Like somebody slapped down a yeah. Sims house here, <laughs> <laughs> concrete first, and then put a house in the middle of it. And so, yeah, it goes straight from this five foot tall grass to concrete. The opening leads right onto it. And then you've got a, a home ahead of you, like a ranch style home, except for there are no windows, no doors. It's just siding and brick and there's all sorts of different kinds of materials adobe and clay and stone all sorts of materials making up this strange impenetrable structure from this side that you're on right now perhaps and then is there anything are there any markings of any kind uh and also general condition is it decayed is it look like new construction it doesn't look decayed nor does it look brand new it is well kept in a vacuum roll grip (laughs) roll grip and also like you do notice that glass kind of bit on the roof does seem to be like an enormous window into the home like on the roof on the roof 89 it's a fail well that ain't gonna do it you just lose one grip here You've already kind of uh, found yourself acclimating to this strange setting Mm -hmm. physiologically. And now you're kind of finding yourself ease a bit into the strangeness of where you are. Stump wants to call out and see if he even can. (laughs) You feel your vocal cords vibrating, but you don't hear anything. And that actually tracks with the fact that you haven't heard anything. You haven't heard the rustling of wind, the the Uh grass. You haven't heard animals. You haven't heard fucking anything. Stump wants to go back to the edge of the grass line and pull a blade of grass Mm. and a hammer out of his pack and drop them at the same time. (laughs) In (laughs) slow-mo. We see in 4K, the blade of grass hits the ground at the exact same time as the hammer. All right, all right. So Stump is like, okay, I'm in a vacuum and no human has ever been in a vacuum for as long as I've now been in a vacuum. What do I know about vacuums? The space up there in space is a vacuum. Mom used to use one in the house. That's about the extent of my knowledge about vacuums. Uh-huh. And uh, he goes up <laughs> and wants to uh, start tapping on the house around the walls, and he's going to make his way around the ex- entire exterior of the house thing, tapping on walls, seeing if anything gives away. As you're walking around, you see continually new materials for home building and does any of it look like haphazardly put together or are you saying it's all so it's very neat it's uniform yeah in its construction even though it's somehow yeah and you make your way back around in a full circle around it with nothing except for that information is the eave of the roof low enough that if he stood on something not that tall maybe like his bag yeah he, he could reach it yeah probably yeah he wants to do that and see if he can get up toward that glass I guess roll athletics to see if you just get it in one go or if it takes a minute. 
That's a 95. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> passed a single roll tonight, and all these scores are good scores. They're like 70s and 60s and 80s. I've just been rolling 90s. God damn, dude. <laughs> Lodge those dice in my drywall <laughs> and move on, you know? We're bringing out these goldy-looking ones. Replace them with gold. So it takes him a while, man. And the whole time, he is doing uh, little internal self-checks because he doesn't know if his body is going to give out mm-hmm. at any moment. He doesn't know what the rules are here anymore. Mm-hmm. He wants to take his pulse. Does he still have a pulse? Whoa. Nope. Uh oh. <laughs> New bad thoughts are in Stump's mind. <laughs> a real grip. <laughs> he, oh, fuck. He would have passed if we hadn't lost so much sanity recently. <laughs> uh, that's a fail. All right. Yeah, you're just going to lose one more. Okay. It's just starting to stack on top of you now, uh, and you're getting panicked. He's starting to wonder uh, with no pulse, he is starting to think about mortality. And he's like, did, did something happen recently that could have been the death of me? I walked through that door. Well, nope, that was about it. <laughs> and that's the thought that's going through your mind as you finally hoist yourself up onto this roof of this structure in the plains of tall grass. Mm-hmm. And when you finally climb on top, you can see now down um, kind of onto the tall grasses ahead of you uh, and you see that it's this massive spiral but with like kind of a line just like coming out of the bottom of it and heading toward where I'm standing toward where you're standing Stump wouldn't know to look for this so he's just Joe is asking are there other symbols that are or things even do I see any other structures nope no other structures just uh, just a big spiral Okay. Uh, kind of, kind of paths throughout this this tall plain. Well, Joe has an idea what this is. Stump has no idea, so he's going to turn around. He's going to go. All oh, them crop circles. I read about these. Yeah, looks like crop circles. I read about these. There were some guys with planks and wood that try to make everybody think of goddamn aliens, and it wasn't aliens, unless maybe I'm on the alien homeworld, vacuum of space. Already crossed that bridge in my mind. Now it's looking pretty good. So you're up on this roof. Up on the roof. <laughs> and the sun is slowly going higher in the sky. I want to look down into the window. Okie dokie, let's go. As Stump looks down into the window, you see a soft looking man in his... <laughs> I'm on Tinder hooks. <laughs> uh, Mid 60s. What era does it look like it's from? Mid-60s. No, it's like modern day. And this older gentleman is in his bedroom, laying in bed with big headphones on. And his laptop is on his chest. And there are posters on the walls for Animal House and Waterworld, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and Too Fast, Too Furious. This, this baby boomer is chilling. And suddenly, the door to the room busts open. And an even older geezer, like definitely in his 90s, but he somehow looks hard and strong this dude like struts in confidently commanding both space and attention with this massive frame and red suit with subtle stripes he still he, he like moves quickly even though his face is doing that thing that time does to faces and he and he seems to start hollering at the man in bed who does his best 
to ignore this enormous figure. Are there any sounds to be heard from my end? Uh, uh, completely silent, but the action picks up when this old-ass, hard-ass dude starts aggressively like, tapping the headphones of the closer-to-middle-aged guy who's in bed. Holy shit. As you're looking in, I need you to roll grip. I nailed it on the dot. I got a 41. I rolled a 41. <laughs> uh, you feel this window try to grab you almost and pull you in, suck you in. You feel the almost like you're leaning forward and then stump stays planted on the roof. And when you look back down, the older of the two grabs the bed guy's laptop and shatters it against the wall. The younger, softer-looking man begins to sob, which only angers the massive senior further. And that, I mean, is the response is violence. And as this ancient brute just like lands punch after punch, blood begins to splash on the bed. And with that, the older guy he regains his composure and turns to leave the room. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the younger but still old, bloodied man wraps his headphone cable around the neck of his... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you see. You see the resemblance now, now, in the anger of this son as he grots his father. First to the floor, but then he doesn't stop. He just keeps the pressure long after his enormous dad's body has gone limp. And when he looks up from what he's done... He sees a kid in the doorway. Well, probably like a 30-year-old, but still a kid to him. A scrawny little dude wearing cigarette-legged jeans and an oversized black hoodie. Holy shit. Earbuds plugged into their ear holes and a thick wall of dark, wavy hair covering their eyes, nose, and top lip, only revealing a black lipstick-covered bottom lip pierced with a small hoop. Stump wants to tap on the glass and see what happens. Tap, tap, tap. You feel it on your finger, but you can't hear it. Stump wants to try to break it. He, he's going to pull that hammer that he used for his experiment earlier out of his pack and slam down on the glass. <laughs> uh, awesome. Cool. Uh, roll. <laughs> Let's see. Roll power. Against a crit success. Oh, he's pointing at his die. It's a 33, which is a pass for me. Oh, he's <laughs> got a 66. What are the chances? What are the goddamn chances? <laughs> oh. As this hammer comes down onto the glass, a reverberation like nothing you've ever felt in your entire life before, almost like the air inside of a vacuum is trying to move and push itself out, and you get the full brunt of the force as it just like, like I don't know how to would normally be it, but it's so vacuumed that it's just as Stump's body just fucking normally, I would say if you hadn't critically succeeded on that, it would have evaporated it just launches you off of this roof <laughs> and you land on the ground below. As you're laying there on the ground below, you see a man is approaching into view coming uh, over the top of you, walking up on you. From the direction of the house? From the direction of the house and it is the same man 
that you saw in his uh, later 60s, and he looks down at you, puzzled. <laughs> do I have a faculty? Do I have the ability to do anything? Or am, am I destroyed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, describe what, a, what Stump's face looks like. Basically, like, all blood vessels have burst. However, you're still alive. You don't even need to breathe. So you don't even need your blood, perhaps, to flow through. But you can feel on the inside just the warmth of your blood kind of rushing into the interior of your body, but all over. Yeah, his face, you know how, like, sometimes in a fall, you hit the back of your head and you get a black eye yeah it's that times a million his face is a black eye <laughs> um he's got bruises and of yellow and blue and the skin is ruptured in some places mm-hmm. uh, of just burst blood vessels that have popped through the skin <laughs> little veins of red and he spits out his teeth. Mm. And with the, is he dying? Is he? Are we? Do we think? Does he feel like he's dying? Yeah, he absolutely feels like he's dying. With his dying motions, even though this world, he, he now doesn't need breath, and his heart doesn't beat. He knows that this kind of feels like the end. Yeah, you can't like move. Almost like your muscles are all shot, like blown out. Well, he's going to test that theory by trying to roll over, and he wants to try and put out a hand and say, help me. Roll constitution at a negative 40. Uh, I would be rolling on a 35, and I've got a 52. Do you have luck? (laughs) Do not. (laughs) You are putting every bit of effort into moving even a little bit as this man looks down at you puzzled and then eh, you see a thought crosses face almost like I'll get to it later and then he walks over you and you are looking up at the beautiful sky as the sun rises holy shit and so ends this tale of stump <laughs> and so ends this here tale of stump he was so confident I'm a big fan <laughs> He would have been fine if he hadn't tapped on the dimensional glass. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> he could have had a nice life here in the vacuum planes. It was, uh, yeah, that was a heck of a heck of a heck of a choice. <laughs> See here in my notes, it actually says, <laughs> "Don't tap the glass." <laughs> Probably yep. rip you apart, huh? Yep. <laughs> yep. But. There was always the chance that Stump was about to flop into a room and fuck up the timeline forever. <laughs> that is also maybe true. <laughs> Who knows but what would have what, what would we have done then, huh? <laughs>
it's about time to change this out. Oh, it's time for new tissue. One to put it in <laughs> and one to replace it with. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's so Good much thing less you're not a woman. <laughs> so much less blood. That's probably, you know. Oh, God. What does the- that look like to you? <laughs> Did you ever see She's the Man? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you did. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. I was, I was clear. I was control effing. <laughs> I thought maybe you were uh, sanity checking me <laughs> in real life. <laughs> He's incapable of looking in the window. <laughs>